Hi, my name is Steve Warren, and I want to welcome you to this podcast. I'm believing today you'll be filled with faith, you'll be energized by hope, and you'll feel loved as this message seeks to transform and empower your life. God bless you as you listen to this. I want to start off with a little story. There was a little girl in the garden. You love stories, Sipka? That's good. Here's a story for you. And she... And she was digging a hole, and she just about finished actually covering him back up. And the neighbor looks over because he sees that she's got tears in her eyes. So he's like, what's, what's going on, you know? And she's, my, my goldfish died. And the neighbor felt so sorry for her because she was digging, burying her goldfish by herself without the parents around. So her neighbor goes and wants to encourage her. And says, wow, you did such a great job digging such a big hole. I mean, why? It's even too big for your goldfish. And then the little girl replies, yeah, that's because your stupid cat ate it. Death and life. Louis said it already. We're in a series on life. And this goldfish and the cat is no longer alive. But I want to take you guys, and today I want to talk about the breath of life. And I want to read in Ezekiel. Who's got their Bibles today? Who's got their physical Bible today? Hey, good, 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 good. Because we're all about reading from the real Bible. All right. So it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord, and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Now, I just want to illustrate this. I stole, well, actually, I asked her. I asked my daughter for her skeleton. Okay, it's quite small. Can you guys see? Legs are missing. But I just want to illustrate, right? So there was legs. Yeah. There was some arms. Let, let me just pull the head off. There we go. Somebody's got a head over there. All right. But this is just one, right? So... Unfortunately, my daughter only had one skeleton. So I decided to bring some puzzle pieces. Now, I need a bit of your imagination this morning, okay? Can you guys imagine that these are skeletons, pieces of skeleton, all right? So they're everywhere, okay? Maybe I'll just throw out the whole box. That's easier. Okay. All right, here are your bones. Can you guys see the bones? Okay, good. All right. So, this is your valley of dry bones. And it says they were very dry. What does that mean? They were long dead. And if you know where Ezekiel is, it's, it's part of where Ezekiel and the Israelites were taken off to exile. And probably it depicted the people that died along the trail going to exile. Now, I don't... In, the, in, in Israel... But also for us, if you see a valley of bones, it's a disgrace. Right? They, these bones have been denied a proper burial. 
and they're here, and they're very dry. And then we go on to read. And then he asks me, son of man, can these bones live? And then I said, sovereign Lord, you will not know. I think that's a pretty admirable response. I would probably look at these dry bones and go, I don't know, God. They look pretty dead to me. He was very clever in his response, and he said, you alone know, God. I don't know if I would have thought of that response, but he did. And then he goes on to say, then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath into you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh upon you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. Wow. That's an out there request that God is asking Ezekiel to do. The week before last, I had a pain in my side and trouble breathing. I was up every hour of the night uh, and in the morning, I went to the GP and he told me to get a blood, uh, no, a urine test. And then um, the next morning, of uh, that same morning, sorry, I went to the midwife and she checked me out. She basically said, you know, baby's fine, everything's fine. By the way, I'm pregnant, if you didn't know. <laughs> Just in case you're like, what baby? <laughs> um, but she said, I want to get you checked out to go to the genealogist in the hospital to get you checked out. And she said, it will take about half an hour to get a CTG scan. So I leave the house with my phone, because nowadays you have Apple Pay, right? Who's got Apple Pay on their phone? And your keys. So you don't really need anything else, just your phone and your keys. So I left, and I go, I'm thinking I'm going to be there an hour. She does the test, and everything's fine. But she goes, I see that you're in a lot of pain. And I was on paracetamol already. So she said, I really want to get a blood test. And I hate the place where you get blood tests because that takes forever. I don't know if you've ever... <laughs> you sit there and you wait, then you can finally go to the counter. You sit there and wait again, then you can finally go in. So I did all that. And then she said, um, look, we have to wait for the blood results. So let's have an ultrasound of your organs. Because the baby looks like it's fine, but maybe it's one of your organs. Maybe it's a kidney congestion or maybe it's something else. So I went to the, um, I don't even know, <laughs> ultrasound place <laughs> in the hospital. They did an ultrasound, and they couldn't find my organs. Well, <laughs> they, they struggled. <laughs> because when you're pregnant, baby takes priority, in case you didn't know. And all your organs just move to wherever they can move. So my organs had moved to make room, and they were struggling to find it. So this, this lady was like... <laughs> She was like, I need to get someone else in. So someone else came in and looked. Finally, they did find my kidneys and they found where my appendix was and everything. And they said, well, your kidneys do look a bit wide, but we're not really sure. Basically, it wasn't conclusive, so they couldn't really <laughs> do anything. And because time was ticking, right? In hospitals, if you've been there, it takes forever. So they sent me to the area where you give birth because they, there was beds there. So they said, you can rest here while we wait for the results. So I was sitting there. But the funny thing was, the story continues, don't worry, but I'm just stopping it here. The funny thing was, I wasn't worried. Why was I not worried? I was reflecting on this later, and partly it was because I had seen the faithfulness of God 
when it came to sickness. My parents were missionaries in Papua New Guinea. I had malaria as a kid. I had hepatitis A as a kid. We all had pretty serious diseases. I remember at one point, <laughs> my whole family had typhoid, actually except for me. We all had typhoid. And we were in a village, two hours walk away from the airport. And my dad also did something with his knee. So my mom had to walk uh, to go back to the station where the airport was, which was not really an airport airport. It was more like a grass landing. <laughs> to see if she could get any car to come back and pick up my dad, who was in a critical situation, to be evacuated. And I remember she, was, uh, she, she walked, well, I, don't, I wasn't there, but she told me that she walked down in the river, there's a river, um, and there's a bridge across it, but often when it rains, it would flood. And it was up to her knees and wild and flowing. And she was walking through it. And just at that point, a tractor came by. Now, there's never cars on these roads. These roads have like big potholes, right? There's no, not many cars that come past, but a tractor came by. And she got to catch a lift. And then miraculously, this all, I know this, this is normal life for me, right? <laughs> Miraculously, somebody had actually cut the grass of the airport, of the airstrip, of the piece of grass. It's, the planes will not land if the grass was not cut. But at this point, somebody had cut the grass. And there was, there's more to that story, but all little things where we saw God's faithfulness in getting us to healthcare, right? And it was that, having those experiences in my life, that I wasn't worried because I knew that God had the situation under control. And I believe that that's what Ezekiel knew as well. Because he heard this outrageous request from God. And then he spoke. He actually ended up speaking it. So then he says, uh, he prophesied as he was commanded. He put all his doubt aside and he prophesied. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound. Now, I just want to stop there. There was a noise, a rattling sound. Imagine you're hearing these bones rattle. Have you ever seen the rattling of bones? There was a rattling sound. When I was in that hospital, at a certain point, I was on that bed. And this guy came by because he apparently was an expert at organs. Right? For a pregnant woman, that is. So he was feeling everywhere. And he's like, does this hurt? Does that hurt? Does this hurt? And I'm like, actually, you know what? It doesn't hurt anymore. And then he's like, when did your paracetamol finish? And I'm like, um, an hour ago. And at that point, I felt, you know what? God has healed me. It's the rattling sound. The bones had not yet come to life, but there was a rattling sound. Because the interesting thing was, he then said to me, well, your blood results came back, and your infection value is high, and some other value, I don't remember. So the reality was, my pain was gone, but the blood results said something different. But I had heard the rattling noise of the bones. Ezekiel heard the rattling noise. And today I have truth and dare. Have you guys played truth and dare when you were teenagers? Maybe you still do. Okay. True, and it's usually truth or dare. So today we have a truth and dare. So my first truth is God always keeps his word. And my first dare is, listen for the rattling sound. Listen for the rattling sound. What is God starting to do? So then we go on and we see 
So there was a noise, a rattling sound. The bones came together bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. What happened? These bones just randomly came together. It wasn't like God went around and looked, oh, you know what? Here's a rib cage. Where's the other half? Is it over here? Oh, no, that, you know, this one's, this one's Sipka's. This is Sipka's rib. And, and oh, this one here is, is um, Philip. So, you know, <laughs> we'll stick those two together. No, no, no. <laughs> he actually stuck the, the right pieces of the right skeletons came together. When God restores, he restores correctly. When God restores, he restores correctly. And it just happened like that. You know, all he had to do was speak. Imagine, like, I can't really do this. <laughs> that would be amazing if I could just, like, speak in all these puzzle pieces. But when, when God speaks, he creates. God can't lie. You know, when it was dark, he said, let there be light. Right? And there was light. But that is the power of the word of God. There is power in the words of God. And that's my second truth for you today. There's power in the word of God. I have a quote from Gandhi. And it says, You Christians look after a document containing enough dynamite to blow all civilization to pieces, turning the world upside down and bring peace to a battle-torn planet. But you treat it as though it's nothing more than lit piece of literature. Gandhi said this, guys. But I believe it's true. I think we underestimate the power of the Word of God. And I, when we look at the Word of God in Scripture, the Greek word is dunamis, which is related from the word dynamite, which is what Gandhi is talking about. And just in case you forget what dynamite does, it's amazing. Not that I go around looking at dynamite all day, <laughs> Some people do, because I went on YouTube to try and find dynamite. And there's like a thousand videos of people recording di dynamite explosions. But I just want to watch like 20 seconds of dynamite, just for you to remember the power of it. All right, let's have a look. Amazing. These were pre-planned. You know, they, were, they wanted to have these buildings there. <laughs> but that is the power of dynamite. And that is the power of the word of God. Right? That's the power of this, this book here. And, and we're doing, Louis was saying we're doing a devotional, and that's great. I don't want to downplay the devotional. <laughs> but we have devotionals. We have you version reading plans. We have podcasts. We have preaching, which I'm doing today. So I don't want to downplay that either. But this is where it all comes from, right? And sometimes in our consumer society, we can be so focused on the um, output of this rather than this. But this is the word of God. 
So instead of like only chewing what other people have already chewed, we got to chew this by ourselves. You got to eat this. Don't literally eat it, but you know what I mean, right? It's so important that we know what the word of God says. When the devil tempted Jesus, he tempted him with half-truths. And what did Jesus say? He said, no, nah, devil, that ain't right. This is the truth. But he needed to know the truth to be able to tell the devil. Because they were half-truths. They were pretty close to the reality. But he recognized them and said, no, 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 this is not the truth. This is the truth. So shut up. Right? And we need to be able to know the word of God and say, shut up. This is the truth. I'm speaking this right now. That's what we got to do. And in Acts 8 verse 30, it says, Then Philip, not my husband, another Philip, ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Now, it's a bit of a random verse in the middle of a story. But why am I sharing it? It's because he heard the man reading. How do you hear somebody reading? It's when they read it out loud. I did, as Louis said, I did a theology master. And as we were doing our thesis, I had another student. And he was studying the Shema, the hearing of the word of God. And the interesting thing was, is that, you know, he was sharing how in biblical times, everybody read aloud. It wasn't like we do like this and we sit in our rooms and we go, you know, they were speaking the word of God. There is power in speaking out the word of God. So we've got to speak. We've got to speak and declare the words of God. When I was in the hospital, we'll go back to the hospital story. I was there and at um, some point, I was actually moved to another room. And nobody told me what the deal was. I was just moved. I just thought, oh, they need this room for something. <laughs> I don't know. And then I went to the toilet. And as I came back from the toilet, I looked on the door. And my name was on the door. And then I looked, and my name was on the bed. And I'm thinking, this usually means that you're staying, right? <laughs> and then this woman walks past with the, with the food. And she goes, do you want something to eat? And then another nurse quickly runs over and says, no, no, no she's not allowed to eat anything. But this time I was really confused. <laughs> it's like, what's, what's going on? So, they, so I asked her and she's like, actually, I don't know either. <laughs> we don't know. Maybe you're staying the night. Maybe you're not. Or we don't really know. I was like, great. Okay. So I just sat there and I sat there and waited and waited and waited for ages. I felt like a little bit like, have you guys seen House? Serious House? You know, where they're all talking about the patient, but the patient really has no idea what's going on. It's sort of, that's what it sort of felt like. It's like everyone's talking about me, but I don't really know what's going on. In the end, I figured out what was going on. They came and it was quite late at night and they said, you know, we're thinking it's either something to do with your appendix or maybe something to do uh, having a pulmonary embolism. So because it's late now, we can't do a CT scan. They wanted to do a CT scan. Um, and so they were going to give me an eject injection, blood thinners, that night. And then the next day, they were going to check my blood again, and they were going to do the CT scan. Now, I don't know if you know, but blood thinners, CT scan, which involves also contrast fluid, if they make that choice for a pregnant woman, it's quite serious because it can have implications for the child. And so at that point, I was like, oh, this is actually 
quite serious. But the thing is, in, in those situations, is that we don't look at circumstances, but we look at the word of God. What promises has God given? You know, God has blessed us with this life. We actually struggled to get pregnant. We're, we became pregnant. So that is a promise of God. And those three things would not have an influence. But that's something that I had to make a shift in my mind. I could go to fear or I could go to faith. We can go to fear or we can go to faith. And so, I don't know if you've ever had a CT scan. I never had it before in my life, so now I've had this experience. But your mind goes everywhere because first, they hadn't put the thing in. Apparently, the thicker the vein, the less pain you have, but they put it in quite a thin vein. So I felt the contrast fluid come in every time, which was painful. And you see, you close your eyes, but you still see the rays moving back and forth. And then there's this person, machine talking to you, telling you to breathe in, breathe out. So you're like, all these things are happening at the same time, right? And then, and then they told me beforehand, but I didn't quite realize. They told me, it's going to feel like you're going to pee. I said, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> but then I'm in that machine and I'm like, oh my goodness, I just wet myself. <laughs> like literally, it feels like that. So all these things are going on in your mind. And at the same time, you're thinking about the consequences of these things. But you have to keep fighting for life, for the truth. And so I don't think, I don't think we will ever constantly be in faith. But I think it's important that when things happen around us, when other thoughts come into our mind, when experiences happen, that we go back and say, no, 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 wait. I'm not going to believe this. I'm believing this. And then we speak and we proclaim it. We speak and we proclaim life. So I went from, oh my goodness, I just peed myself to this hurts to, no, I'm speaking life. Right? Speak life. So he also spoke life. And then in verse 9, oh, I have to go back to Ezekiel. We're in the wrong book. Are you guys still in Ezekiel? Yeah. Good. Otherwise, I continue reading in Acts, but that's not where we're going. All right. Then in verse 9, it says this. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds, breathe into this land that they may live. Breathe. Manuela the other day had a doll with a bag on her head. And I said, hon, do you realize that you're suffocating your doll? She's like, mom, it's not a real thing. It doesn't breathe. I'm like, okay. Okay, okay. Ezekiel had prophesied to forests. He had prophesied to mountains. Not that we do that every day, but he had. But he had ne these were inanimate objects. He had never prophesied life. And here God is asking him to prophesy life. That's daunting. It reminds me of, you know, the creation of life. Adam, he breathed life into Adam, put Adam to sleep, took out his rib, gave it to Eve. Eve brings to life. And then Adam wakes up and he goes, whoa, man. And that's how we got our name, right? But that is life. It's something huge. And that is what 
God is asking Ezekiel to do. There was a professor who did lectures and a driver drove him there. And at one point, the driver goes, I reckon I could probably do your lecture for you. I've heard it like a thousand times. I bet you 50 bucks I could do your lecture. So the press was like, I don't think you could do that. So they switch clothes and the driver actually does the lecture. And he does an outstanding job, like a standing ovation. Everyone's cheering and clapping. And then the host goes, you know, with such an honor that we have you in our midst, we'd love to do some Q&A. The first question is asked. The driver stands there, silent for a while. And then he goes, that's the stupidest question I've ever heard. I bet my driver could even answer that. <laughs> we need the professor. We might think we can do things on our own. We might think we've seen God do like a thousand miracles, but we need God for the miracles. Only God can breathe life. And we have to remember that only God, we can't give life to even the tiniest insects. The prerogative to give life is God's alone. And that's what we got to remember. We can speak life, but Ezekiel spoke as he was commanded. Life comes from God. And that's so important to remember. The word ruach, which is the word for breath, and the word for spirit is the same. So the spirit of the Lord gives life. We can't give life. Only he can give life. And then we go, and this is where it finishes. It says um, in verse 10, So I prophesied as he commanded me, breath entered them. They came to life, stood up on their feet, a vast army. They came to life. What is your valley of dry bones today? I believe God wants to do miracles today. I believe there's a valley of dry bones in your life, and God wants to bring it to life. But only he can do that. But we've got to listen to the rattling noises. What is he saying today to you? What miracle does he want to do? And you know what I find interesting about this is they came and stood up to be a vast army. They didn't stand up just to be alive. They didn't be, were revived to become a group of spectators or to be for their own comfort. No, they came to be an army. And I think... More often than not, sometimes there's words of life we need to speak over our own world. And sometimes as words of life, we have to speak over others. Ezekiel's words of life were for the Israelites. Their situation in exile, it was desperate. Their hope was gone. And Ezekiel was to speak life into that situation and revive these dead bones. What can we speak life to today? You know, frogs... Frogs are pretty funny because they're quite stupid, actually. <laughs> if you put a frog in a bowl of uh, water, you boil it, the frog will stay put. I don't suggest you try. <laughs> I've actually never tried. I've just been told that this is the case. Frogs will stay put, and they stay put until they are boiled alive, not realizing the lethal temperature that is rising. And I believe there's people in our world that are spiritually dead or dying spiritually, and they have no idea of the lethal temperature that is rising. 
And it's our job to speak life to them. It's our job to proclaim life in their situations. To speak the word of God over their world. So what is the area of your life or of those around you right now that is dead? Or dying? And what does God want to do today? Let's take a moment to close our eyes. Because I feel God really wants to do something this afternoon. Maybe you're here. And you actually don't know the breath of life. You don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe you feel dead inside. Maybe hope is lost. When the breath came, it came from the four winds. It came with full force. And maybe you're sitting here, you're thinking, you know what? If Judas just shuts up, then I can catch an early train home. But in these last moments, God wants to do something. And your door might be closed, but there's wind, there's breath of life going through the crevices of the door. And maybe right now you're thinking of a whole bunch of things and you're trying to like block all the holes on your door. But God wants to say today, can you hear the rattling noise? Can you hear what I want to do in your life? Can you feel the wind? Open the door for me. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, you don't know what breath of life I'm talking about right now. He wants to fill you with hope. He wants to fill you with life. You can go searching around for that, but you're never going to find it. Because the only one that can give life is God. So if you're here this afternoon, you're saying, yeah, that's me. Or maybe you've strayed away from God. And you want to come back to Him. Today is the day. Today is the day. So if that's you, I want to ask you just to lift your hand so I know it's you. Lift your hand and say, I'm opening the door. I'm letting God in this morning, this afternoon. Stop filling up the cracks of the door and say, I'm opening it up to you. Thank you, Jesus. Who is that today? Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Are there any more people who say, look, I don't care about this train anymore. I'm opening my door. I'm letting God in this morning, this afternoon.
Let's pray this together. As a whole, as everybody. Father, we thank you for your breath of life. And right now, this afternoon, we open up the door to let your breath enter us, to give us life, to give us hope. We want to give our lives to you this afternoon and follow you. We pray for these people that lifted up their hands or those that may be in the heart prayed this prayer. And I thank you that this is a new day for them. This is a new day of life. Of resurrected life or new life, Father. With you. Thank you, God. I just realized I never shared the end of my story, but I'm fine. Baby's fine. (laughs) Which is why I'm here. (laughs) In the end, they didn't find anything. And actually, the blood results had dropped, and so they had to send me home. God is faithful. God is faithful. And I believe there was miracles in this room tonight. And sometimes the miracle is with somebody praying for you. Louis did that this morning. But if you were not here this morning, that moment has passed. Because I'm not praying for you. (laughs) Sometimes the miracles may be a prophecy or somebody speaking something out over your world. But sometimes you have to be the one to work the miracle. You have to be the one to say, look, I have this dry bones. I have this valley of dry bones, but I believe... In the faithfulness of God, I believe in the goodness of God. I believe in the words that He's spoken, and I'm going to speak life over the situation, whether it's in my own world or whether it's somebody else's word. I'm speaking life. So today, what I want to do is I want to also stand, and I hope you've been listening. I hope you've been listening for the rattling noise. What is the rattling noise in your world? What is God already starting to? started to do during the service and what does he want to finish what is that if you don't know yet listen because he wants to do something but then after you've heard you got to speak you got to proclaim it you got to speak and proclaim the words of God so I've asked the band to sing and what I want you to do during that moment Either you sing the song, if that's what you feel God wants you to do, or you proclaim during the song. You don't have to sing the song, right? you got to do what God is asking you to do today, to proclaim His breath of life to come into those dry bones. Amen? So let's close our eyes. Let's focus on Him and start proclaiming. Start proclaiming the truth that He has for you what he has promised in his word because he is faithful he always comes through and he will come through this afternoon thank you jesus
thank you for listening today. I want to take a few more moments of your time because it may be today you realize that you need to get your relationship right with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never asked him into your life before. Or maybe for some reason you've been you've been moving away from him and today I want to invite you to come back to him or it may be that you're just not sure you're going to heaven. And so I want to lead you in a prayer right now and I would really love for you to say this prayer with me. And then straight after this prayer, I would love you to do something for me. But hey, let's pray right now. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he died for me. I ask that you would forgive me. I turn away from my past. And I give you my life. Come and live in me. I thank you that today I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you prayed that prayer, today the Holy Spirit has done something in your life. And so I want you to tell us about it. I want you to email info at c3amsterdam.nl and let us know you've made this decision and let us have your address because I'd love to send you a book that will help you make this decision really strong and become a follower of Jesus. And we'll also be able to help you get planted in a church near you. God bless you.